The Braves win the World Series. The college football playoff poll is released, and there's controversy abound. And, oh, yeah, the former MVP has COVID and could be out for two games. We'll talk about it next. It's the 414 Sports Report presented by Soul Boxer. Let's go. But instead, it's the 414 Sports Podcast, and it starts right now. Just like that, the Jordan Love era, well, maybe not the era, but Jordan Love will find himself playing and starting for the Green Bay Packers this week. Welcome in again. It's the 414 Sports Podcast presented by Soul Boxer. I'm Don Wachillis. Our thanks, as always, to Soul Boxer for being our presenting sponsor, crafting and bottling bartender quality cocktails you can enjoy anywhere. The bourbon old-fashioned, the brandy old-fashioned, the Manhattan, all crafted to remain true to their supper club origins. Find Soul Boxer wherever you pick up your favorite libations. And there's a lot of Packer fans right now getting set to crack open a Soul Boxer here as the news breaks just prior to us putting this podcast together. Thank you, Aaron Rodgers, because the segments that were already put together have now been scrapped. But... Aaron Rodgers has tested positive for COVID-19, and it means for certainty that he will not play against the Kansas City Chiefs. And then the other breaking news on top of it is that Aaron Rodgers is unvaccinated, which puts then his duration of hold away from the team at 10 days and could mean that he would miss the matchup against the Seattle Seahawks. Now, this all comes after an unbelievable victory last week against the Arizona Cardinals, one that came down to the wire, a 24-21 victory, beating, at that point, the best team arguably in football that was undefeated in the Arizona Cardinals, doing so without the likes of Devontae Adams. And yet, the Packers found a way to win. So everybody is essentially walking on cloud nine, knowing you're going to have to go into Kansas City, a tough place to play, no doubt. But the Kansas City Chiefs are struggling. We saw that Monday night against the Giants. The Kansas City Chiefs are not the same team of old. And so you had to figure with Devontae Adams coming back, with Aaron Rodgers playing the way he's been playing, that your chances against the Chiefs are pretty good. And then this happens. And so, yes, we know what this means now on the field. Jordan Love will grab the helm, at least we hope, because now, as we found out today, not only does Aaron Rodgers had it, well, we, we found out about this actually yesterday, 
but also your third-string quarterback has tested positive for COVID, and right now Jordan Love is the only one who has not. So Blake Bortles, make sure you got your phone next to you because you can almost bet that phone call is coming because you understand at least the offense and may find yourself, A, as the second-string quarterback going into that Chiefs game, but if somehow Jordan Love tests positive, we could go into that Chief game with Blake Bortles as our starting quarterback, and all of that will play out in the days ahead. The bigger story, however, is going to be Aaron Rodgers and his play of words. So listening and reading to all of the things being posted right now with regards to Aaron Rodgers and this whole vaccination uh, scenario and the protocol involved Boy, I kept going back to the whole Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky thing with the play on words. So if we go back to the summer, a reporter asked Aaron Rodgers, are you vaccinated? Rodgers, in responding to the reporter, used the word immunized, and it was not followed up on. And I ain't blaming anybody in that press room, because at that point, using the term immunized, you think... Immediately, he's talking about being vaccinated. He's set. We're ready to move forward. Rogers wasn't obviously vaccinated. Um, there's reports out there that he had taken some sort of alternative treatment that he thought would have worked. And we can argue about whether or not there should be mandates with regards to the whole vaccination process. But because Aaron Rodgers chose not to be forthcoming like a Kirk Cousins in Minnesota, he chose to use the word immunized. And in doing so now, it's going to be interesting to see big picture outside of the game. One of the bigger pictures, obviously, is going to be the game on Sunday against the Chiefs and how Jordan Love will do because Aaron Rodgers will not be allowed around the team. But let's think of the Packer organization as a whole. Because Aaron Rodgers used the term immunized, there are questions going to be abound within the Packer organization by the NFL as to what they know. Did Aaron Rodgers present some sort of falsified immunization or vaccination card? Because what we're seeing already are reports of people going back and looking at Aaron Rodgers on the sideline during exhibition season. And if you are an unvaccinated player, you were supposed to wear a mask. And people are finding ample footage of Aaron Rodgers walking the sideline without a mask. So there's a violation of protocol. What was he doing in the facility? Was Aaron Rodgers wearing a mask? Wasn't he? You you can bet the NFL is going to be looking at security camera footage of Aaron Rodgers within the Packer facility to see whether or not he was wearing a mask. If we're looking at this from the business perspective of the NFL and the Packers, one of the things that we have found, whether we're talking NBA, MLB, you name it, name the professional organization, is that when somebody of a high caliber like Aaron Rodgers is found to have broken protocol, they like to make an example. So now, not only are we worried about, again, what's going to happen 
in the Chiefs game and maybe what's going to happen in the Seahawks game. But now from the organizational standpoint, we're wondering, what's the NFL going to do? Are they going to fine the Packers? Which, yeah, okay. You you can level a fine and in a billion-dollar industry. Yeah, it's a little chink in the armor, but it's nothing big. Or are you going to take some draft picks away? And if it, you take draft picks away, that will really stunt the growth, so to speak, for the Green Bay Packers. Now, this is all on top of hoping that what Aaron Rodgers has as far as his case of COVID is either it's asymptomatic or be mild. And and I, I guess going into this, because the discussion to this point, it, it's a little bit callous when you think about we're, we're dealing with someone's health. And so my hope is that in doing this conversation, Aaron Rodgers, again, is either asymptomatic or it's an extremely mild case that will not be detrimental to his health. Because then this whole discussion, I, I, I would be awful. But if that is the case, and the issue now at hand is what will be the repercussions, not only for Aaron Rodgers, not only for what happens on the field, but what will take place by the NFL with regards to the organization. I think it's a storyline moving forward that's going to garner a lot of traction because Aaron Rodgers, there, there's no doubting the man's intelligence. There just isn't. Aaron Rodgers proven time and time again on various subject matters, there's a wealth of intelligence floating around in that man's noggin. But he played words back in August, and instead of saying vaccinated, he said immunized. And that is what is going to come back to haunt he and the Green Bay Packer organization. Because I'll guarantee by the time a few more hours play through that we're going to see that clip from the press conference, I think it was back in August, be repeatedly shown as far as how Aaron Rodgers made a play on words. And so now we, we've got to look at what is this team feeling? How much did the team know? Did the team know for a fact that he was not immunized? And if so, the fact that he's contracted the virus and because of being unimmunized, unvaccinated, I better get off the immunized word because that's what he used, unvaccinated, and the fact that it will set this team back a little bit against two really important opponents in the Kansas City Chiefs and the Seattle Seahawks. The storylines are abundant here, and they're huge. And it's going to go in 15 different directions before this day even ends. So it'll be interesting, as always, just to see how things play out. Now, on the other hand, we get Jordan Love, who will start supposedly now on Sunday against the Kansas City Chiefs. I say supposedly because we have our first and third string quarterbacks both testing positive for COVID-19. You have to figure the way it's bouncing around the facility right now, could it be, or could there be, I should say, the potential of Jordan Love now testing positive because it sounds like what took place as far as positivity rates go happened within the quarterback's room. I'm telling you, 
A, you're going to see Blake Bortles on the sideline. You just are. He knows the offense. He was part of the system early on before Aaron finally came back in training camp. He understands the system. He's played in it prior. The question's going to be now, will Blake Bortles start against the Kansas City Chiefs? Could we have one of these scenarios where we got a guy who, I don't know, might be teaching Jim some plays who on Sunday will start for the Green Bay Packers, a team that is 7-1 and and running away with the NFC North and vying for home field advantage for the playoffs against the likes of the L.A. Rams, the Dallas Cowboys, and so forth. It's going to be interesting, again, to see how this all plays out. The problem being is that Aaron Rodgers, who had ingratiated himself back into the mix here in the state of Wisconsin, is now going to take that that segment that was angry at him back in April when everything came about as far as him not wanting to be at Green Bay and all of the all of the naysayers, so to speak, that just said, let's trade him, let's get rid of him, let's move on, let's do this, let's do that. Those people, for the most part, have been brought back into the mix by his play, especially after week one against the Saints. When he told everybody it's a, it's a long season, hang in there, we're good, we've got this, and week by week we've seen it, especially against the Cardinals, facing all of the adversity that the team was facing. There were a lot of people back in Aaron Rodgers' camp. And with one word, immunized, he segmented excuse me, the fan base once again. Let's wait and see what happens. Obviously, first and foremost, let's make sure he's healthy, that being Aaron Rodgers. I, I, I do not wish ill health on anyone. And as I said earlier, I'm coming from the assumption that, A, he could be asymptomatic, or, B, if he has it, it's an extremely mild case. So let's hope Aaron Rodgers, foremost, is healthy. That's the main thing. I don't care about football. I don't care about draft picks, none of that stuff. The last thing you want is somebody to get sick, seriously ill because of COVID-19. With that said, if we look at it like we have been, this is a major milestone in the season. This is one of those milestones that this team is going to look back on and either it's going to be a huge jump forward, meaning that when this team gets or even wins a Super Bowl, they're going to look back at this as a transcending moment moving forward. Or if at the end of the season they lose in the playoffs, they could look back at this moment as a transcending moment, a transcending moment, excuse me, going backwards that really hampered this team's progress, a team that right now is on a roll. So we'll wait and see because the storylines around Jordan Love are going to be there. The storylines around Aaron Rodgers and the play on words are going to be there and the storylines between the Packers and the NFL as far as protocol goes are going to be there we are now going to be inundated with Aaron Rodgers news again off the field because of the word immunized immunized is going to be the keyword so when he was asked if he was vaccinated he skirted using the word vaccinated by saying he was immunized. And that, again, is going to be the one phrase that will be played over 
and over and over and heavily scrutinized. I, I just I think it's become or will become a major, major, major distraction on a team that doesn't need any distractions and needs to keep moving forward. Now, with that said, the trade deadline has come and gone. And last week, we, we threw out some question marks as to whether or not somebody like Jordan Love could be traded. Could we trade Jordan Love, appease Aaron Rodgers, sign him to an extension, get a couple of draft picks for Jordan, and then move the process forward? And when Jordan Love was not traded by the trade deadline, there were some, some head-scratching going on by some. Not by many, but by some. And now you understand within 24 hours why the Packers didn't even offer up Jordan Love. You had to figure the Packers knew this was coming yesterday as the trade deadline was winding down. The news gets released on this Wednesday morning, but you got to feel as if the Packers knew prior to this morning and one of the reasons why they didn't even contemplate at least by various accounts, trading Jordan Love. And with that, we'll get to see the young man on the field on Sunday in a major game against Kansas City. Now, as I said, the one good thing about this is that Kansas City is not Kansas City. Defensively, this is not the same team we saw last year and the year before. Offensively, this is not the same team we saw last year and the year before. Kyler Murray can create more havoc in the backfield right now than Patrick Mahomes. It's just the way the season is playing out. Both incredibly intelligent and athletic quarterbacks, but Patrick Mahomes is struggling this year. Everybody's trying to figure out why, but he's struggling this year. So you've got this Packer team that has to go on the road again that has a shot because they, they showed they could do it against Kyler Murray. If you can do it against Kyler Murray, you can do it this year especially against a Patrick Mahomes. What will remain to be seen is how well the game plan, once again, can be constructed by Matt LaFleur to meet the skill set of a Jordan Love and put enough on his plate that keeps the Kansas City Chiefs at bay, but not so much that it overwhelms him and has him thinking more than he is playing. So many storylines that need to be addressed with this Green Bay Packer team as we move forward. The only real big trade before the trading deadline was the fact that Von Miller went to the Los Angeles Rams for a second and third round pick. Von Miller, who's a great name, an impressive player, and Hall of Fame caliber player, but over the last two years has struggled a little bit with injury. And in doing so, the fact that Denver got a second and third round pick isn't bad at all. But I will say this. For Packer fans that wanted something to happen, always understand that there are caps that the NFL has to stay within. And then there will be those out there that say, well, well, if the Rams could do it, why couldn't the Packers do it? Well, one, the gentleman who contracted COVID takes up a lot of your cap space with his contract. And number two, if the Rams are not successful this year, I think people in a year or two will look back 
and say this was where the demise of the Los Angeles Rams happened. They have invested heavily to try and win the Super Bowl this year. I don't know how much of a longevity plan the L.A. Rams have. And because I don't perceive them having much of a longevity plan, if they don't get it done this year, that team is going to be financially strapped for quite a while. So you've got the trade deadline. There's stuff going on in Cleveland with Odell Beckham and Dad putting out videos, kind of messing with Baker Mayfield. And now Odell Beckham Jr. today was told, Dad, ah, don't bother coming to practice because I think there's going to be some issues maybe in the locker room because of the 11-minute video that Odell Beckham Sr. reposted, which is essentially 11 minutes of Odell Beckham Jr. wide open in Baker Mayfield, A, not throwing him the ball, or B, underthrowing or misfiring towards Odell Beckham Jr., uh, one that I think many now in 24 hours are perceiving as more of a diss towards Baker Mayfield than necessarily the intent, at least on uh, social media, was to show that Odell Beckham Jr. is still a viable receiver and they're just not throwing to him. I think the script is flipped a little bit and people are using it to really bash Baker Mayfield. So that's got tension going on in Cleveland. So that's another storyline going into this weekend. The one thing about the NFL, it never ceases to impress the various storylines that can come through various teams during the course of a season and the offseason as well. So we'll just keep an eye right now on the fact that Aaron Rodgers will not be playing again against Kansas City because he has tested positive for COVID. His eventual return right now, it's being posted as Saturday, November 13th, which is a day before the Packers would take on the Seattle Seahawks. Would he have enough time to prepare? Mentally, yes. Physically, I don't know. And again, it all goes back to what type uh, of case Aaron Rodgers is going to experience, asymptomatic, mild, or heaven forbid, anything severe. So again, the storylines are plentiful, he says, five times fast, and we'll obviously keep monitoring it as the week moves on. On the other side of a short timeout, we're going to talk about the college football playoff poll. The first one of the year was released, and it's got people losing their minds. We'll dive into that, and we'll also dive into the fact that we have a World Series champion crowned as of yesterday coming up next after this short timeout. Let's talk about the college playoff poll as it stands right now. Now, let, let's keep a couple of things in perspective. Number one, there is so much football yet to be played at the collegiate level that the poll released yesterday is great fodder for people to talk about. Here comes a shameless plug, and we'll be talking about it on the Journey House College Sports Show, 1250 AM, The Fan here in Milwaukee, Thursday night, 6 to 8. You can listen to it on the Odyssey app. Again, shameless plug. But as far as what it means by the end of November, 
maybe not much because there is the chance has the Big 12 has some interesting matchups going down the stretch. The Big 10 has some interesting matchups going down the stretch. Obviously, in the SEC, we're going to see Georgia and Alabama, at least the way things are going right now, face off against each other in the SEC championship. And if Georgia beats Alabama and Alabama sits with two losses, would the committee feel as if Alabama has a legitimate top four shot. So there are all of these various scenarios that still have to take place. And yet what you found in the revealing of the poll is more about how the committee thinks as opposed to really what the numbers are. So how this committee thinks is huge because perception is involved. And here's what's ironic to me is that a few years back, we had a computer that would delegate the top 25 teams solely based on analytics. You had the coaches poll and the AP poll used as part of the formula, but it was solely based on analytics. And what do we get? We had an outcry because the analytics took away the eye test. And many people would say, you know, I know Ohio State beat Michigan, but Michigan played very tough, and though it won't show up in the analytics, Michigan deserves a much better shot than where they are because of how they played. So the perception was what people were arguing for. If you listen to the way people are arguing now about the current poll, what are they arguing about? Perception. How the committee is perceiving teams and not necessarily what their one-loss record is. So a team like Oklahoma that is 9-0 and is sitting at number 8 behind Michigan that's 7-1, and behind a Cincinnati team that's 8-0, and behind obviously an Alabama team that's 7-1, and behind an Oregon Duck team that is 7-1. and The perception of Oklahoma is not good a team that hasn't really found its identity yet. It's gone through a quarterback change. Defensively, they struggled. That game against Kansas absolutely killed Oklahoma. Absolutely in the mind of the committee. Their poor play against Kansas has hindered them and has them sitting right now at eight. And then you look at a team like Cincinnati, who has beaten Indiana, a Power 5 school, who has beaten Notre Dame, a Power 5 school, that sits in that group of five division, and what you get from the committee is that committee will never bolster Cincinnati moving forward because of who they play. And as much as they want to say that the committee values what Cincinnati has done, that's a marketing and PR move. Because if they do, if they go by the record, Cincinnati has been doing what they were asked to do, which is beat Power 5 schools, and they did. And now they're they're getting through their schedule. But the committee looked at their game against Tulane and their game against Navy and said, you know, Cincinnati won, but they weren't impressive. This was the biggest earmark back when we did things through the computer, that scores would get run up. You'd have games like 77 to 22. Why? Because the margin of victory was one of the analytics being put through the computer to figure out who the top teams were. And now we're saying to teams, even though you won, yeah, perceptually, maybe not so good. So again, there's a lot of football to be played. 
And it's fun that we get to sit here and argue about what is the top 25. I mean, the Badgers are at 21. I was shocked yesterday when the Badgers popped up at number 21. Now, they had to be because Iowa was at number 22. So I had this feeling like, okay, they argued, they argued, they argued. Iowa, because of the success they had earlier in the year, right now, even though after a couple of losses, that's still the 22nd team in the nation, roughly. Well, if they're the 22nd team, then Wisconsin's got to be 21 because they just beat them. So you had some head-to-head matchups that really had implications as to where teams were slotted. Right now, I think Iowa State's a much better team than Oregon. But Oregon beat Ohio State, and that's what puts Oregon at number four. Oregon's going to be one of those teams that I think will be easily jumped. I, I just do. I think Michigan State is going to be hard to move even with a loss. Alabama could be moved if they lose again. Georgia, I don't think, drops out of the top four with one loss. Oregon is a team that if you're a Duck fan, enjoy this right now because the probability of you making the final four is growing ever so slim because of the games you have remaining on your schedule. You have teams like Oregon State and Washington and so forth that aren't playing very well this year. It's not going to bolster, I think, your credibility in the eyes of this committee. So again, it's great fun right now to have these arguments, but I think what it did do was at least open the door and reveal how the committee thinks within their rubric and how they'll be moving forward in the next couple of weeks. As we close out today... The Atlanta Braves won the World Series last night upon us taping this podcast. So congratulations to the Atlanta Braves. And I guess as a Brewers fan, the one thing I can say, at least we lost to the eventual World Series champion. And as I said in a podcast a few back, that's, I believe, the last eight playoff appearances for the Milwaukee Brewers. They have either lost to the eventual World Series champions or at least a team that has made the World Series. And in this case, they have lost to the World Series champions in the Atlanta Braves. So as I was saying in the last podcast, if it ain't going to be the Brewers, I was rooting for the Braves, not only A, because they beat us, but that Hank Aaron connection. I just think it's very cool that, though it's not cool that Hammer and Hank has passed, but one of his teams has become World Series champ on the unfortunate year of his passing. So congratulations again to the Atlanta Braves, as I'm sure each and every member in Atlanta is tuned in to our podcast. All right, that'll wrap it up. We'll obviously just keep watching the drama that will be Aaron Rodgers here over the next few days. Have yourself a great rest of your day, evening, morning, whenever you're listening to our podcast We appreciate you taking the time. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button.